0: good morning everyone it's good to see you this morning and it's good to be able to be with you and thank you for inviting me back i want to say it's great to see you all but as you will appreciate i'm simply staring at the screen with no congregation i want to say it's actually a harder way to preach because most preachers feed off the congregation it's a symbiotic relationship where the spirit moves and i'm sure that mig and uh, matt would agree it's harder to preach this way because uh, you can't do the walkabouts because if I do the walkabouts, you don't see me. So if I go off three, you will not see me uh, and your eyes can't follow me. There are, however, advantages as I'm able to bring my coffee to the desk. One of my responsibilities as a regional minister is to make sure that ministers and churches are OK. And whereas before lockdown, I would travel many miles to support them, uh, this last three months, it's always been via Zoom or FaceTime, Microsoft Teams or a telephone call. And I've gone from one meeting to another. I think the most meetings is 13 Zoom meetings in a day. But as I have gone around and I have spoken to ministers around the patch, I have been encouraged and impressed how the churches have adapted to this new ministry but it comes as a friend at a cost because they have no training or no experience. And as I phoned around, almost without exception, everyone says that they are tired and exhausted. And this online ministry isn't the same as doing it as they previously had done it. I could go through the reasons, but that's not why I'm here for today. But I'm grateful, very grateful for the ministry of Matt and Mig, Leani, Richard, June, and everyone behind the scenes who are making this work at Creech. When Matt asked if I could preach, uh, I was only too pleased to take on a Sunday. said we was starting a new series, in The Great Prayers of the Bible, and I could choose whatever prayer I wanted. One prayer jumped straight into my mind and I thought, no, I'll have another one. I thought about the Lord's Prayer, but no, that's a series in itself. I thought about Paul's Great Prayer in Ephesians 3 or one of the Doxologies in the New Testament. Or Moses' prayer for pardon and confession? Hezekiah's prayer for deliverance and healing? Or even Daniel's prayer uh, for confession on behalf of the people? Or would it be Nehemiah's prayer, where he prayed for favor in the presence of this man? Or Jesus' prayer gethsemane? No, the one prayer I could not shake off was the prayer of Jabez. A prayer that I've never preached on, and I've always avoided preaching on. But I believe it is a prayer for us today, especially in this time of lockdown and gradual easing of restrictions. As this country is returning to a strange form of normality, uh, the church is still in a very abnormal stage. No clear picture when we might meet or worship together. Every day this week, I feel the telephone calls from churches asking, how can they meet? What's the best way to meet? uh, And they're actually trying to bend the rules to meet. But sadly, it's still not safe. But in this period, we should be should we be in a period of status quo or asking what God might do in and through us? And I do believe this is a time in which we can refocus and ask the question, is what I or the church has been doing to serve God's purpose? Has that been the right way or are we being called to do something new? That's not only a question for us as a fellowship, but for us as individuals. It's very easy to remain comfortable and not stretch to be stuck into a routine. It has been said that ruts are open-ended graves. Uh, But for many of us, ruts are the way that we define our life. Sadly, our lives are so often built on a 24-hour relentless routine. We get up in the morning, we have the same breakfast, we get into the same car, we go to the same job, we have the same pack of lunch, we return to the same old spouse, or perhaps I shouldn't have said old. Uh, and then we sit down and have tea, and we watch the same old programs that have been on twelve times. And then we have the same old moan about having to pay for a TV license for these repeats. And if you're over 75, the moans now grow louder. And then we all go back back to bed again, and then the routine starts again. That film Groundhog Day was such a success because so many people could identify it with as being their life. The danger is my friends in this lockdown that is a routine that we've got into but that's not life that's not the life that jesus calls us to there is a danger in routine because it ends up just living in a circle of life and doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result is simply called insanity and if you do what you've always done you will always get what you've always got so we come to our friend jabez in one chronicles four The Old Testament book of 1 Chronicles is a genealogical record written by Ezra after the Babylonian exile of God's people. When you are reading the Bible in a year, Chronicles is one of those books you tend to speed read or you skip over the chapters because it just seems to be chapters of so many names and names we can't pronounce. And you'll be forgiven if you skipped over this prayer because it appears right in the middle of the list of the clans of Judah. And just read, the, if you read the verses before and after, you'll get the picture. The sons of Hela, Zerath, Zorah, uh, Ethan, and Koz, who was the father of and Hazabatha, and of the clans of Haral, and of Haram, son of Haram. And then it goes, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I give birth to him in pain. And Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm that I might be free from pain. And God granted his request. And then it continues. Caleb, Shah's brother, there was the father of Miha who was the father of Eshton. And it goes on. And it's weird. It's almost in the wrong place. It shouldn't be there. It's like a diamond or a golden nugget of scripture in the middle of this genealogy. It's not so much a skeleton in the cupboard, but it's a personal prayer in the skeleton of genealogy. And here, Jebez in a single phrase demonstrates how to pray God's will over our lives. My friends, when we seek to search out, to break out of the routine and to seek God's direction, we should turn to the prayer of Jebez. In it, we find an example of faithful prayer in action. Now, I know what you say. Nigel, if this is such an exciting prayer, why have you never preached on it before? Well, two in the year 2000, a book was published called The Prayer of Jabez by Bruce Wilkinson. Over 20 million copies were sold, and it takes the readers on a journey to discover how they can release God's miraculous uh, experience and blessings that God has for each one of us. And I can still hear you say, then why, Nigel, have you not preached on it? Well, the simple reason is that the publication coincided with the growth of the Prosperity Church, whose mantra was, if you Pray for it, God will give it to you. If you pray for it hard enough, God will give it to you. If you pray for a Ferrari, you'll get a Ferrari. I can tell you, it doesn't work. I've prayed for an Aston Martin, and I still don't have one. There, you would say that if you haven't prayed for it hard enough, then Jabez praying uh, prayed for a blessing was taken to be for himself and for his territory and his possessions to increase. And this prosperity preaching loved the prayer of Jabez. In particular, it grew into almost a cult of Jabez, where they're encouraging people to chant this 30 times a day and watch the experience of God blessing you. And certain groups were targeted with uh, merchandise and and that was going to be their main focus. You should be praying this prayer. And because of that, I avoided it. But God's placed this on my heart. And I think he's wanting to say for us uh, for for a reason. Today, we have that one verse. Jabez called upon the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, that your hand might be with me and, and that you keep me from harm, that it might not be bring me pain. And God granted what he asked. But who is this Jabez? Well, we know that his name means pain and sorrow, for we have been told that he was born out of pain. If you talk about self-esteem, image and problems, this kid, well, he had something to live up to. He would love to have got rid of his name, uh, Pain and Sorrow. I don't know about whether you've ever looked up the meaning of your name. Uh, My name, Nigel, means champion. My second name, Carl, has uh, a few interpretations. Um, One is Freeman, another is a strong one, another one is villain, and another one of low birth and rude manners. Take your pick which one describes me. The significance of this simple prayer, however, Lifts meaning above the name of Jabez. Jabez isn't known for his name anymore. Jabez is known as someone who is honorable before God and someone who prayed to God a very special prayer. Jabez diligently uh, studied and obeyed the Lord and prayerfully trusted God to direct his life. So much so that the city where the scribes lived was named after Jabez due to his knowledge of the law. In the Old Testament there were rules to be followed. In order to approach God's presence, sacrifices to be made, confession and for confession and thanksgiving. Jabez is not like us. He does not live amid our modern materialism needing prayers for prosperity. His prayer cannot be directly applied to us unless we see how it applies to his own situation and to Jesus Christ. For God promises us provision, not prosperity, as some think. Christ says we will have troubles in life. We will have our worries and our concerns. God still wants to speak in and through them. Jabez lived in a time where God promised destruction as a consequence of rebellion. He had so much to fear. From his perspective, provision was prosperity. In 1 Chronicles 9, we read Jabez was a man of prayer. We know that he prayed for others, but the emphasis of these two verses, he prayed for himself. It's not selfish sometimes to pray for ourselves. For we can for it is when we are blessed, we can be a blessing to others. It is when Jabez prayed for true prosperity that the Lord answered the prayer. Made a, he was a great blessing to other people. A careful study of the prayer of Jabez contains a number of characteristics. We know that Jabez prayed intelligently. He cried out to the Lord, uh, the God of Israel, the covenant God, the true and living God. It's quite evident he'd been instructed in the school of prayer. He was informed. He was intelligent. He prayed earnestly. Notice the intensity of his prayer. He cried out, Lord, bless me. No, he didn't cry out, Lord, bless me. He said, oh, that you would bless me. We cannot fail to see the reality of the passion that's present in this earnest cry to God. Surely that must be a cry to us. So often we pray passionless prayers. Then Jabez prayed definitely. He knew what he wanted. He was nothing haphazard about his praying. He got straight down to the point. He he presented his petition, his thought, and his meditation, and he was clear. He wasn't afraid to ask for the big prayers. And Jabez prayed with effectiveness, because as Jabed prayed, God granted his request. And there's a great encouragement in those words. For the God of Jacob is our God, and he wants to answer our prayers with the, the will of God. These then are the four characteristics of this amazing prayer that God offered about himself. But what about us? This is a prayer that can easily become a daily prayer for us. But what should we be praying for? Firstly, we should be praying for a great blessing. As Jabez prayed, oh, that you would bless me. What did he mean by that prayer? We are told in Ephesians 3 that every believer is already blessed. It says, praise be to the Lord and God, our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. But surely Jabez was praying for God's blessing, that he would be the God, that the man God would want him to be. We can only be what God wants us to be by his grace and by his blessing. And surely is that not something we should be praying for? Bless is a word that we use in various situations. We often say a blessing over a meal or uh, when someone sneezes. Uh, I always end up my emails with uh, blessings to you. But do you know what it actually means to ask for a blessing? The Hebrew word bless means to invoke, call upon divine favour. It means to ask a supernatural favour of God. When we Pray for God to bless ourselves or someone else. Are we asking God to pray his divine, supernatural power in our lives? Do we pray for that? Are we ready for that? Are we responsible enough to handle that blessing correctly? Jabez himself was responsible because he was an honourable man. He was wanting blessing so he could give more back to God. It wasn't about himself, his possessions. It was about what he can achieve and give back to God. The second thing is... We should be praying for growth. How beautiful it is to hear Jabez saying to the Lord, Oh, that you would enlarge my territory. Many Christians are content to remain in a state of spiritual babyhood. And we read that in 1 Corinthians 3. We need to pray that the Lord will enlarge our territory, increase our capacity, deepen our faith, inflame our love, give us more opportunities, make us more usable and conform to the image of his son. It's a costly thing to ask that the Lord should enlarge our territory because it will mean testing. But it is by testing we grow. Without testing, we remain we remain flabby and ineffective. God wants us to be strong. As a part of this lockdown experience, I have, uh, I, Sarah suggested uh, rightly so, that I should uh, not sit at my desk all day and I should do some walking. So uh, at the beginning, particularly, I was walking five miles a day. I, it wasn't a difficult walk to do, but as I went through the weeks I noticed how quick how much quicker I was getting. The muscles had developed. In a spiritual sense we should be working on our spiritual fitness and opening up our heart and asking God to fill it and enlarge our purposes. Enlarge my territory. Why was Jabez dissatisfied what God had given him? Why was he crying out? Was he crying out I want more? I don't think so. I think I suppose Jeroboam would have had battles with the Canaanites, so understanding that God should be victorious was a part of his prayer. But God will give us more when our motive is to do more for him. Enlarge my territory, that God will broaden our horizons, that he would increase our knowledge of his word and his ways, that our experience with him would be deeper and more meaningful, that we won't be limited by our earthly vision. Sometimes all we see is the giant, the lions, the Red Sea, otherwise the problems, not the answers. That we would see things not as they are, but what they can be or what they will be. In my past experiences, uh, and I've got into some bad ones, that God will use and teach me and train me so that I can pass that experience on to others. That God will enlarge my influence in our homes, in our workplaces, in our community. We should be asking God to give us more responsibility more influence and greater opportunities to serve him i want to tell you about a young man called bill we'll call him bill at this point uh, who prayed that god would enlarge his influence he was a, a shoemaker shoe repairer from a little village in leicestershire he, he read a book called the last voyage of captain cook and we got really excited and one day uh, another text that was the other text that was read to us this morning from Isaiah, hit him in the heart. And he began to read every book. And by the time he was 21, he had mastered Latin and Greek and Hebrew and Italian. And the more he read, the more he was convinced that the world needed to hear about Jesus. So he then cried out, Lord, send me. At a meeting of ministers at Kettering, this young man asked for this to be discussed. discussed, And a respected minister, Dr. Ryland, shouted at him, Sit down, young man. When God pleases to convert the heathen, he will do it without your aid or mine. Well, Bill responded by writing a book. I've got a copy of the book here. Here it is. It's is, uh, its got a really catchy title, An Inquiry into the Obligation of Christians to Use the Means for the Conversion of the Heathen by William Carey, 1792. And from that was the birth of the Baptist Missionary Society. You see, William Carey gave of himself to enlarge his influence, not for glory or credit for him, but for God. He asked God's blessing upon him, for God's the service of God. And when William Carey was dying, someone was visiting him and extolling uh, his great his great achievements, and Carey replied, "You have been speaking of William Carey. When I have gone, when I am gone, say nothing of William Carey." speak only of William Carey's saviour. William Carey's sermon that changed uh, the lives of so many uh, was expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. We should also, my friends, be praying for guidance because the prayer of Jabez goes on. The third thing is let your hand be with me. Of course, Jabez would pray for God's hand to be with him because if you're going to pray to increase your territory, and your influence, you better pray that God's hand will be with you because it will be God's guidance. God will lead you. God will enable you to be successful. The hand of God is an expression that denotes the power of the living God in action. God wants us to live a guided life. We're told that in Psalm 37. He's made provision for our lives to be ordered. I love that hymn that uh, Whittaker had expre- when he expressed it so beautifully, when he wrote, Drop thy still dews of quietness till all our striving cease. Take from our souls the strain and stress and let our ordered lives confess the beauty of thy peace. How glorious it is where striving, strain and stress are taken out of our lives. When because of the hand of the Lord upon us, we can live ordered lives and experience the beauty of his peace. Our prayer of guidance should be, let your hand be with us as we seek victory in our battles. Let your hand be with us in the affairs of our lives. May your hand be with us, provide, chastise, hold us and bless us. May your hand be with us to bring success to our ministries. And finally, we should be praying for godliness. Because he also prays, keep me from harm. The King James Version has, Keep me from evil, which goes along with the Lord's prayer. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Keep me from the harm, and the pain that evil causes. And again, it makes sense for Jabez uh, for, to pray for God's hand to be with him, to enlarge his territory, to make him pray that he should be kept free, kept away from Satan. Why? Because whenever we dare to get serious about doing great things for God, we are poking a bear with a stick. Throughout my ministry, when things have been going well, there's always one small issue that tries to blow itself up out of all proportion. And we need to be aware of that. And Jabez prayed that he would be, God would keep you from evil. That it, it may not grieve me, it says in the King James. That it might not spoil my life. What a prayer to pray. It reminds us of 2 Timothy 4.18 to thank the Lord who's able to deliver us from evil. To enable us to live a life that is glorifying to God. A life that's pure, holy and Christ-like. And in verse 9, Jabez is described as an honourable man. Why is that? The secret of becoming God's honourable ones. The secret is prayer, much prayer and more prayer. That we might be in such a close relationship with God that we may be honourable to him. So God, we are told, granted what he requested. But when we are honourable, we will be blessed. We will be given what we ask for of God, as long as it is within his will. When we're striving to live holy lifestyle, we'll put ourselves in a position to receive his blessings. If we don't strive to be honourable, then we will be dishonourable and not receive the blessings. Despite the meaning of the name, Jabez knew that God could do great things in and through his life. We need to have faith to believe in the greatness of God and believe that if we live an honourable and respectful life, we can be recipients of his wonderful blessings, that we might expect great things from God and attempt great things for him. There, I've managed to get through the prayer of Jabez. Shall we pray? Father God, we thank you for the prayer of Jabez. We thank you for the way that it leads us. And we just pray for your rich blessings to be upon us. We ask, Lord, that you will speak into our lives that as we pray for a great blessing that we may be honorable and right before you that the blessing will not be a selfish prayer just for us that we but that we may be used for others lord we pray for growth that you will enlarge our influence of others that you will enlarge our hearts that we may receive from you and your spirit we pray also lord that you will uh, guide us as we seek to go forward, especially as we slowly ease out of this lockdown period, that we may be guided very clearly of what you want from us as a fellowship and for us as individuals. And Lord, we just pray that you'll protect us from, from evil, that we may be godly people, that we may be right with you, that we will not be afraid to offer our confessions to you, that we may receive your forgiveness. Use us and guide us. And may we be the people you would want us to be. May we be like Jabez. For we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.